0: Hello, podcasters. What you're listening to is an audio version of episode 10, the one about the FX6, where I talked to Richard Lewis from Sony about the new camera in the cinema lineup. We recorded it as a Zoom video, and if you want to watch, head over to our YouTube channel. Just search for the camera channel, or there's a link to the episode in the notes of this podcast. But however you consume it, I hope you enjoy it, and do let me know what you think. Hello and welcome to the Camera Channel Podcast with me, Michael Sanders, and now as you can see in living colour. This podcast is brought to you in association with TopTex, and my thanks to Mike Thomas and the team for helping arrange this conversation. Today sees the launch of the Sony FX6, the latest addition to the cinema line. The FX6 is the FS5 Mark II for the cine line and it's obvious from its feature set, it's designed to complement its siblings, the FX9 and the Venice. The FX6 has two standout features, built-in raw output and autofocus that works at high frame rates. And what's interesting is just how complete this camera is going to be at launch. Sony don't appear to have muted it in any shape or form. It's there all all singing or dancing from the beginning. Now because of timings, I sadly haven't had a chance to play with the camera. But I'm delighted to be joined by Richard Lewis, one of Sony's digital cinematography specialists, who I know has had a chance to play with it. Now, we were meant to be at Toptex and Harefield, but sadly, COVID put a pay to that. So Richard joins me over Zoom. Thank you for having me. Richard, let's start by talking about where the camera
1: comes from and where it sits in the Cine line. So it is the, the junior partner within uh, Cinema Line. Uh, however, it is an alpha-badged product. So this means within Cinema Line, we actually have three different individual badgings. That is uh, Cine Alta for Venice, the fx9 part of the xt cam series and the fx6 which is part of the alpha series
0: and that's down to where it's produced and what groups involved
1: <laughs> that's beyond my pay grade uh,
0: fair enough um but even so even though it has its origins in the alpha stable it's very much part of the cinema line what does that mean in
1: practice as we said, it's part of uh, Cinema line. So, this means that it shares a lot of uh, similarities with Venice and FX9. Not just the very similar body color, but also uh, the look. So, through using uh, Cinitone, S Cinitone uh, S709 in the Eye mode, um, but also the way that the, the, the menus interact. Uh, and the way that they look and the general layout on the side of the camera. It was designed very much as um, uh, using some of the sort of A seven three A seven S three technology, uh, but very much sort of repurposed by our engineering group uh, to suit professional uh, and the way that it uh, is going to be used.
0: Reading through the specs, it's amazing how much is crammed into such a small package.
1: It's pretty much. Similar size to the uh, FS5 Mark II. Uh, it's uh, a few tens of grams heavier, so it's 890 grams without the handle, and without you know without battery and lens. So it's a very very small, very lightweight package. So it's it's very. It, when you see it in the flesh, it really looks small.
0: So it's not a straight implant of an A7S Mark III into a cinevise body.
1: Very very much not no it, it's designed and tweaked and all of the color uh, pipeline is adjusted for example it's completely different in that regard for example the a7s3 has 120 frame recording mode in our case this is a, we go up to 60 frame recording mode so to get the 120 frame 4k this is a slow and quick mode the 7s mark 3 uh, obviously has some noise reduction i don't know exactly what it does but in the fx6 you know, we allow you to control the noise reduction, so you can even turn it off. You know, at, in cine EI mode, by default, it's turned off. Right. One of the other key differences is, uh, although the M7S3 has um, iFrame recording, this is uh, down as an XAVCS, S, whereas the FX6 is a true XAVC i recording, and therefore the recording looks just the same. And the format is an MXF format with all the metadata that you get so it's not an mp4 recording it's an mxf recording with a lot more metadata uh, and, and so uh, matches the fx9 so it's it's really quite different in many ways
0: the sensors obviously at the heart of the camera and this is the first time that this kind of sensor has been used in a cinema camera
1: yes it is it's back illuminated sensor with copper wiring um and this allows obviously the back illuminator gives you one stop extra sensitivity and the copper wiring allows the super fast, uh, uh, uh download of, uh, images from the sensor to uh, say, allow not only 4k 120 frame, but with, uh, uh with very low right. smear. But this is the f- first time for quite a while, you know, uh, where we've had completely new design, new sensor so venice was one of those And then fx6 is another one with a completely new sensor new uh, internal technology you mentioned the fast readout and
0: lack of smear just how does it compare to the f55 which as we all know has got a global shutter
1: uh to be honest you'll have to try it yourself to see how how you think but it, it's um uh it's it's a very big step forward in the same way that venice is a very big uh, step forward so venice is not a global shutter but the readout is so fast that uh, um, you, you know it has the effect of a global shutter without any of the downside of a global shutter
0: you said that because of the design the back illuminated sensor gives you an additional stop of sensitivity so let's talk a bit about that what is the base iso of the fx6
1: yeah, in terms of uh, sensitivity, yes, it's sort of base ISO is uh, normally eight hundred in cine EI mode, or you can choose uh, uh, ISO twelve thousand eight hundred. So, together with that point, I'd like to mention, you know, the FX six has what we call dual ISO, whereas the FX nine has what we call dual base ISO. So, the FX nine, the dual base ISO is uh, uh, eight hundred and four thousand. So. What this means, a base ISO, uh, means that you get exactly the same performance in both ISO modes. So in Venice, here we have 500 and 2500. Uh, in the case of the FX9, 800 and 4000. In both those modes, you'll get the same performance, so virtually the same noise, same dynamic range, same color. In the case of the FX6, we're saying it's just dual ISO because we're saying the 800 and the 12,800 Um, which we class as, if you like, low and high sensitivity, they don't necessarily give you exactly the same noise uh, performance. Um, So we don't call that a base ISO, we call that a dual
0: ISO. Sensitivity is only one part of the equation, the other being colorimetry. Just how close is the FX6? in look to the FX9 and the Venice?
1: Uh, I mean, I've had a a small amount of time with the camera and it seems to me that they they match extremely well. So we were just comparing some images pretty much without grading and uh, they they match very, very well in terms of um, uh, uh, colorimetry, certainly. Uh, However, you know, Venice is a slightly different sensor it is a different sensor slightly different colorimetry so you won't can't expect the same performance as a venice but it'll be very close to an fx9
0: we also need to talk a bit about sensor size because
1: unlike the venice and the fx9 it's a 4k full frame sensor isn't it it is a 4k sensor so 10.2 megapixel uh so to get 4k you need to use the whole uh, full frame. So, if you like the, the sort of super thirty-five cutout in the centre, is an HD cutout. In the case of the FX six,
0: so in practice, that means if you want to shoot four K, you need a full frame lens. To get four K,
1: it's full frame.
0: And presumably, that rules out any kind of B four two thirds cutout like we have
1: coming in the FX nine. No, because that would only be uh, in HD resolution.
0: A uh, big new feature of the FX six is RAW output over an SDI. Um, built in without the need for an adapter, like the FX9. Um, but we've learned that RAW comes in many flavors. So what is the flavor of the FX6's RAW output?
1: Yeah, it's a 16-bit linear RAW. It's designed to go to the Atomos Shogun. Uh, they will be shipping firmware for the Shogun by the time we, uh, we are shipping the uh, FX6. And the, the RAW goes up to uh, 60p. And the other thing to say is, when you are recording raw, you are you can also simultaneously record uh, your uh, XAVC I frame recording onto the, or your SD card or uh, CFA card. So it'll do both simultaneously.
0: We'll talk about connectivity later on, but there's only one SDI output on the camera. So I'm guessing during recording, you can monitor. Over HDMI or Wi-Fi?
1: Uh, yes, yeah, so it's got built-in Wi-Fi, so you can uh, you can connect your phone or tablet or whatever in, in the usual way uh, with uh, Content Browser Mobile.
0: It's probably a good place to talk about processing power because there's obviously a lot going on
1: in the FX6. Yes, it is, yeah. <laughs> so that's why we're using the two Bions uh, processors. That gives us uh, four times the processing power of an FS5 Mark II. So this <laughs> this is a very serious amount of horsepower.
0: I mean it is easy to forget just how much of a camera's performance is dictated by processing
1: power. Well you have to think of, you know, particularly when we're doing the autofocus, so you know with the New generation of autofocus, you have to be able to focus more when people's faces are sort of twisted, so to catch the eye, autofocus on the side as well as straight on. Uh, and we're ha- and the f- autofocus has to work in 4K, 120 frames per second. So that's a vast amount of processing to calculate, um, you know, each individual frame where you're calculating the autofocus points.
0: When we were talking about RAW, you mentioned that it's possible to record XAVC, internally at the same time as recording RAW. Um, But leading on from that, it's worth talking about the cards because the FX9 uses two different types of cards, the SD, XC, and Compact Flash. Is there a difference with what you can do with one type of card over the other?
1: Well, to go up to 60p, you can use uh, um, X90 cards, SD cards, the X90s. Uh, Above that, you need uh, the CFA cards, Compact Flash A type, which are... Basically the same size, but a little bit thicker. Uh, so the reader in uh, you know, the two slots in, in the camera can take uh, either card. You can have one of, you can mix and match types of card in them. Uh, but obviously the benefit of the CFA card, you get the higher uh, frame rate recording, and also the download speed is very fast as well with the CFA reader.
0: Now, of course, the other big headline feature is autofocus at a high frame rate just how accurate and how
1: fast is it for my viewing it's absolutely staggering that it just doesn't let go of a face or an eye it's amazing and compared to the 7s mark 3 then the the autofocus uh, has been tuned for uh, professional cinema work so in that sense the menu looks very much the same as the uh, uh fx9 you know, in terms of speed and how quickly it jumps from one uh, focus object to another. Uh, and that, so it's kind of a very different different setup. You know, it, it allows much more fine tuning for professionals who will be using this camera compared to, I guess, the, the people who will use this feature in the 7S Mark III. So it's been very much tuned and the software is different uh particularly for the autofocus but it really hangs on uh it works perfectly in 4K 120 frame and I've tried it up to very high ISOs and it still works that is
0: quite staggering I mean it's something I really can't wait to put to the test but again it comes back to processing power doesn't it
1: it does yeah so I've tried it in you know very high frame rate 120 frame in very very dark conditions you know, with four, 400,000 ISO, and uh, the autofocus still works. And what's the primary driver that's allowed you to get such good AF in a camera? This is primarily down to the uh, artificial intelligence that's built into the camera.
0: We've mentioned the camera is more than just a A7S Mark III in a different body, and of course connectivity is a big difference. Can you just briefly talk us through the onboard connections?
1: So you've got the usual uh, connections that you expect. You obviously got a dedicated viewfinder out. Uh, You've got SDI, HDMI, you've got a timecode in or out. So it's one BNC connector, and you switch it between in or out. And then on the handle, you have the two audio XLRs, the three pin XLRs, and the power cable. It does run on 19.5 volts uh, for an external power supply, the same as the (coughs) FX9. Uh, plus it uses the standard uh, batteries, new batteries that uh, um, a lot of people will already have. Obviously earphone sockets and that type of thing, built-in Wi-Fi, so quite a lot of connectivity. There's also a USB-C connector, so this is primarily for connecting to your phone, and uh, then you can transfer files via your phone to an FTP site. And the camera also has quite impressive luck capabilities, doesn't it? So you can use standard uh, 3D LUTs that you can uh, generate in Raw Viewer or, um, you know, Resolve or any of your usual um, tools that you use. And you can import up to 16 of those. So you can, in the same same way as Venice and FX9, you can use one of those 3D LUTs at a time, but you can then individually assign on or off if you like, to the viewfinder, and SDI out, and internal recording.
0: So more flexibility in the FX9, but the same as the Venice, I believe?
1: Uh, pretty much so. In that sense, it's uh, it, it, it's the same as Venice.
0: Let's talk about the physical design, which includes some new weatherproofing and sealing around the buttons. Yes,
1: yeah, so uh, obviously the layout of, of, of the camera is very much influenced by FX9 and Venice. Uh, as FX9 was itself from Venice Uh, and we've completely revisited all of the uh, buttons and uh, and, uh, that type of thing to make them much more dust and uh, waterproof so we're not saying it's completely waterproof but it should be much improved from uh, any previous designs uh, to try and keep out as much moisture out of the body as we can even though the electronics are completely separated from the air inlet and outlet Uh, so from that point of view obviously there will be no overheating and I don't know I never never heard the fan come on so Uh,
0: another feature that comes over from the FX9 that's not on the a7S Mark III is image stabilization and again you need to use an e-mount lens for that to
1: work so the image stabilization you have to use uh, Sony lenses Uh, and the uh, optical stabilisation has to be turned off. Um, So it needs a Sony lens because the stabilisation process needs the uh, um, focus and uh, focal length of the lens in order to calculate uh, the uh, image stabilisation parameters. So those are stored together with the gyro data in metadata, and then that's used by Catalyst Browse, to do image stabilization yeah and then i you've probably used it with the fx9 um, and you you choose what percentage of of crop you want to use and that obviously determines the amount of stabilization you'll get so
0: am i right in saying this is another benefit of having an mxf file format with the associated metadata
1: precisely yes so so we're recording exactly the same parameters as we do in all the professional camcorders with uh, with an mxf specification
0: so leading yeah. neatly onto
1: that is another new feature the clip flag so just how does that work and what's its function so you have a clip flag button so you can select uh, as a good shot or a not good shot um and uh, th- this also works in playback as well so you you can annotate a, a, a file or a clip while playing it back so you don't have to do it actually at the same right. time right. and then within catalyst browse you'll get an extra column that tells you the status of that flag and you can sort by, the, by that flag. So, you, for example, if you've marked uh, shots that are no good, uh, you've put an NG, then you can uh, sort them and get rid of those NG uh, takes. So if you have a bad take, you can get rid of them.
0: And do you know if there's any plans to make that metadata available in other NLEs like Final Cut or Resolve?
1: Generally speaking, what happens is we make that, uh, that process available to other manufacturers and it's up, for, it's up to them whether they choose to use it or not. Right. In the same way with Resolve, we make all of the information available to Resolve, but they don't necessarily use all of it.
0: Richard, thank you very much, it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today.
1: It's been a pleasure.
0: So there you have it, some really interesting nuggets of information about the FX6. I can see myself using it as a B camera to my FX9. Perhaps you can see it as an A camera to your A7S Mark III. I hope to have my hands on one very soon, so look out for a future episode where we will discuss it in more detail. My thanks once again to Mike and the team from TopTex. I hope you've enjoyed it. Do let me know what you think. I'll be back soon with another podcast, but for now, goodbye.